Hey, we're Todd and Kristen. Join us as we learn to become fearless in love. Welcome to the Fearless in Love podcast. We are so glad you have joined us today. And as you can hear, this is not Todd's voice. This is Kristen's voice. Todd is not joining me today, but I have a very special guest that is joining me today. So welcome to Tracy. Welcome, Tracy. Hi. Thank Hi. you. Yes, I am absolutely delighted to have my dear, dear, dear sweet friend Tracy with me today. Tracy and her husband, Aaron, and Todd and I have been walking together, just doing life together for the last couple of years, two, two to three years, and just, it has been such a joy and honor just to walk alongside them with just walking through life together. And I asked Tracy to join us today because she just, I don't know, I just love talking with Tracy. I love... God just pouring his wisdom and love out through her. She has such an intimate walk with the Lord and hears his voice so clearly. And every time she shares what he has given to her, I am just so blessed. And so I thought, I want to share her with with those who are listening. So I am just very, very honored that you would join me today, Tracy. We are going to be talking, last week uh, we talked again, about God's design for for sex, really. And so if you haven't listened to that, I would love for you to go back and listen to that. Also, episode four um, is also an episode where we kind of focus in on that. And I just thought it'd be fun to talk to Tracy this week and talk to her about really her personal story and testimony around what her understanding was of sex and marriage really prior to understanding God's design for sex in the way that we have been talking about most recently. And so that's really why I have have asked her to join us today. So Tracy, we have talked about the four different environments that most people have experienced, probably everyone in some way has experienced these environments, or at least some of these environments throughout their life. And the environments we've talked about, we've touched on these in the past in the podcast, but the environments that I'm referring to are the silent environment, which is really just that environment where nothing, you just kind of grew up not hearing anything about sex. It was just something that was silent in your home. No one talked about it. And it was just it was just kind of an off-limits type of subject. Um, there's also the saturated environment, which is just anything goes, just everything around you is about sex. You know, it's on the TV. It's, it is in the movies you watch. It's in the music you listen to. It's just You're just saturated with sexual content. Um, that's the second environment we talk about. The third environment is called the sinful environment. This is the environment where... You've been in the church, and possibly the teaching has been more around really what are the sinful parts of sex. Like, be sure not to have sex before marriage is bad, it's wrong, it's dirty, and save it for marriage. That that kind of message. And then we like to call what we understand as God's design for sex and really His heart for sex. We like to call that the sacred environment. And that is really understanding his design, his love for us, and the gospel around our sexuality. So those are the four environments that we've touched on in the past and that we continue to talk about. And so I would love, Tracy, for you to share a little bit about environments that you have grown up 
understanding and maybe how that has affected your understanding or view of sex. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to share that. Also, I just want to thank you for inviting me on this subject really speaks of the Lord's heart for relationship and closeness with us. Mm-hmm. And and my heart's desire is, I, I believe the Lord's given to me to know him and to be close. And so mm-hmm. it's really been a sweet experience for him to reframe my understanding of this subject so gr- drastically in this area. Oh, I love it. So, so kind of talking about the different environments or kind of understandings or view of sexual intimacy prior to my understanding of the quote-unquote sacred um, understanding, I I would say up until marriage, I had heard and experienced almost every single one of those perspectives. I would say from the culture's perspective of saturation, self-fulfillment, things like pleasure, to many different church perspectives. I've gotten, my husband and I, we've had the opportunity to be a part of a lot of different bodies uh, growing up in our adult life and things like that. So we've heard a lot of different perspectives. There's a lot of that purity culture I had heard when I was in college, a Mm -hmm. lot of moral teachings. I would say a lot of countless messages where practical ways and ideas of how to avoid sinning in this area, those those were the things that kind of I grasped onto or like really listened to the most um, because it was something that I could control, I could do. Us as humans, we like we like to be able to do things. Yes, so. we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So I w- I would say my view in full was really shallow and incomplete to say the least, mm. which seems to be what each of these environments will produce in their own way. Mm-hmm. So the culture's perspective, it really did have my understanding for years. And then after becoming a believer, I understood it wasn't God's best for us to have sex outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. I understand it was good and right and powerful inside of marriage. But my understanding was still shallow and incomplete with those with those things. Sure. I, I was kind of missing like a richness that can't be seen in moral teachings or secular ideas. I mean, it was kind of, it was void of really the one who it was meant to point us to, which mm, is Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then kind of thinking after I got married, that's when I really just started to hang on to all those practical teachings and handles. How do I prevent me and my husband from falling into temptation? It was I would say probably a really duty mentality. Mm-hmm. My duty as a wife was to provide what my husband needed. Mm. Um, mm. It, it was really pressure filled, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I created that pressure filled role based on the parts of teachings I would pull out. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was really focused too on how can I just say yes, even if it was an obligatory yes, mm. to keep us from temptation, mm. to keep my husband from looking somewhere else to fulfill his need? Mm. Um, and some of the things and practicals weren't bad in in the, the things that they, they meant to accomplish, but these alone were also just shallow and incomplete. Yeah, I would say my and- understanding really failed to see the gospel view. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounded like there was a lot of action based on fear. A lot of, I mean, a lot of a fear based message there as far as the, you know, making sure we don't fall into temptation. So I want to make sure to take care of his 
and I'm quoting needs so that he doesn't fall into temptation or so that I don't fall into temptation in some realm. Is that what you're saying? And absolutely basically, I mean, truly based out of a fear mentality. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was both, it was both me and Mm. my husband with Mm. those fear based beliefs because he was kind of under the impression or understanding that if he didn't get what he needed, Mm -hmm. however many times a week he thought that he was supposed to have that, that that's just an equation for failure or temptation to, to seep in and for sin to happen. Mm. And so it really was fear based and almost like set you up for Mm -hmm. failure because the way that that, that just is twisted. It's yes, it's so true. And, and not giving the due power to the Holy spirit that, you know, I mean, he, the, the Holy spirit has the power completely to give us everything we need and so instead of focusing just on our relationship with God and what he's, how he fulfills our needs and the power that we have through his spirit in us and just loving one another, instead of focusing on those things, it was just the, I need to, it, yeah, truly just acting out of fear. I, I, I understand that and feel that. And that's, Wow. That's a total, total, like 180 from the gospel message of, of sex. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like our, our eyes were on these things that needed to be accomplished rather than centered on Jesus yeah. and our relationship with him as his bride because mm. of the finished work on the cross, living in light of the cross. Mm. And so as we focus back to the cross, we can see clearly, I was I was able to see clearly that I was actually made to receive. Yeah. I was made to receive Christ and I was made to receive my husband. Mm. And so wow. that receiving yeah. kind of always makes me think of the story of the woman at the well in John mm. 4. At first, because of Jesus's initial question to her when yeah. he he asks her to draw him water, right. it's almost like she thinks that he's trying to take something from her. Mm. But as the conversation continues, he's actually wanting to give something to her. Mm. He's offering to give her living water. Wow. He's offering to give her himself mm. for her to receive. Mm. Wow. So what a picture of what we're talking about. God's design for sex being, right? Because we can look at with husband and wife, we've got a man, you know, so many times from what the culture is teaching us, or maybe the church is teaching us that man just wants to get something from us. And so we just have to give it to him rather than actually man husband is is to give something to his wife that brings life and abundant, which is just exactly that picture of the woman at the well, that Jesus came to give us life abundant. He came to give us his love, give us his spirit, give us living water. So yeah, I'm just seeing I love, love, love that connection. I mean, is that the connection that you're... Yeah, absolutely. And and seeing my husband start to understand mm. that he receives first from yes. Christ. Yes. And, and in that, he has everything that 
he's supposed to give me. Like yeah. he's supposed to wash me in the word. He's supposed to give me what Jesus has given him. And of course we each have our own relationship with the Lord as right. well. Sure. But, um, as a picture of intimacy to reflect Jesus Christ and his bride, mm-hmm. it, it's beautiful to understand a role as a wife to receive mm. what the husband is giving. Mm. And, and it, it transforms, it transformed everything wow. in my mind when I understood wow. that, wow, I don't have to have this pressure filled mm. role of providing what my husband quote unquote needs. And right. if he doesn't have it, he will sin. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, mm. that's miserable. That's pressure filled that, in a negative way. Right. Right. That is, that does not bring, that's not a life giving <laughs> message, let alone experience. That's not a life-giving experience to think, well, I, I okay, I'm going to do this because I want to make sure my husband doesn't fall into temptation or sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a whole, that's just, that's completely opposite of this mindset of my husband is giving his love to me and I can receive this love and respond then with love back to him as we do with Jesus. He gives us his love. We receive, we're open to receiving his love. And then we respond with just loving him back. How beautiful is that picture compared to the other picture? Oh, it's so rich and so full and (sighs) life-giving. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. So can you tell me, Tracy, really what did and I know you've touched on this a little bit, but can you tell us more about what did your marriage and your sex life look like? Even Let's just talk about even that first year of marriage. Yeah, so let me explain first. When I had gotten married, I really didn't have a proper understanding of the gospel at the time. So therefore, everything in my life had a really good chance of reflecting that misunderstanding of the gospel. Wow. It was really works-based. Uh, mm-hmm. My assurance of salvation wasn't really sure for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a heart revelation of his covenantal love. And so it was absolutely true in the area of sexual intimacy for us that this is kind of how I lived out that area. Wow. I was in a very like, mm. I need to do dot, dot, and dot to mm-hmm. love the Lord well, to have him pleased with me. Mm-hmm. It was almost always focused on what I could do and not what Christ did for me. I was rooted in the do's and the don'ts and not so much in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you can imagine in my marriage, I had a very duty-filled mentality the first year, and it was miserable. Yeah. Like I said before, there was so much pressure I had created for myself and for my husband. Mm. And I know we talked about the fear-based belief. That's kind of what I had picked up somewhere along the way mm-hmm. uh, that taught that message that it was up to me to keep my husband from tripping up mm-hmm. if I didn't provide for him. Or, or if I withheld intimacy or just had a resistance, well, of course, he's going to go pick up what he needs from somewhere else because mm. he's not getting it met from me. Wow. So I guess in response to this, anytime there was resistance on my end to be intimate or... I would say like a desire to withhold from him. Basically, my response was I would frantically beg the Lord to help me be obedient. Mm -hmm. And I would push through all those feelings Mm. to provide in this way to my husband. 
And, and I had heard the message like, well, men will most likely always have a higher drive. Mm -hmm. So you're just going to need to learn to love him sacrificially. Mm -hmm. And that sounds sort of honoring and sacrificial, but in my case, it wasn't like in my heart, it was obligation. Mm -hmm. It was fear. Mm -hmm. It was done begrudgingly. Mm -hmm. And, and so in doing so I missed addressing my heart. So why did I desire to withhold? Mm -hmm. Why did I desire to resist? These are questions that I really needed to sit with the Lord and, and have him reveal to me. I I was missing the root of my, my issues each time. Mm -hmm. And I was, it was almost like I was just cutting off the weed in my heart at the base of the plant. Mm -hmm. And so just by pushing through, I'm just cutting off right at the stem, mm-hmm. but the roots are still in there. Wow. And and I think as, as time has progressed, the Lord has just revealed so many things that he's wanted to kind of reframe and reshape and show me where the truth is and show me trauma of my past that mm-hmm. the, the Lord actually desired to heal yes. and to speak into. Mm. But because I was neglecting those responses in my heart, I just wasn't allowing the Lord to take me to those places of healing. So it looked like, like a good equation, right? Mm -hmm. So it looked like I was keeping a happy husband by Mm -hmm. doing this, this, and this, but I was just missing God's heart for why he created us as sexual beings in the first place. Mm. You know, it was, it was always meant to point us to his covenantal love Mm. to the bridegroom, Jesus and the bride, his church, Jesus came to become one with this church and our marriage and intimacy as husband and wife is an illustration of that. Yeah. Amen. So the oneness, the knowing, the intimacy of that relationship with Jesus, you know, we can't really be intimate with him, really have a deep relationship with him without truly knowing his heart, truly knowing him and knowing he knows everything about us and wants just to meet us in all those places in the depths of our hearts. And so it sounded like you guys were missing that because you were just pushing through. You were trying to be obedient to God. You you had a good a good heart about it, wanting to just be obedient to God, but really missing being able to go into those places of the whys that you said behind the resistance. And that's an opportunity as you do that to truly know each other in a deeper, intimate way. And so there's just, that is, it's just missing such a huge piece of really God's design for this full, complete, powerful knowing of one another through sexual intimacy. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. So Once you came to the place of understanding the gospel, and then as we've talked about really God's design for sex in this this way that we understand that this intimate relationship between husband and wife is a picture of our relationship with Jesus, how has that changed things for you? What has that resulted in for you and for your husband? Well, I think one, it's it's life-giving. And I I think that's the phrase I used the first time that Aaron and I ever met with you and Todd. The message you spoke of, it it was life-giving because it spoke and pointed to the life giver. And and it just stuck out to me so much. I I remember just driving home and I was like, I can't believe that message of, of sexual intimacy and what it points to the life giver. 
And therefore, mm. it is so life-giving. And so I just feel so full wow. driving home with, oh. with my husband. And uh, it was just really, it was really profound, mm. I remember. I feel like, too, it's it's produced so much freedom for both of us. Mm. Those fear-based thoughts, it, they'll still pop in our minds every now and then. But we know how to test them against the truth now. And we know that when there is a resistance to be intimate, the Lord is so happy to sit with us and speak into our hearts as we ask him to search our hearts, to lead us along the path of everlasting life. And more often than not, we find that there's actually a root that we need pulled out, a lie that we've believed and need to repent of and ask Jesus to speak the truth into that area. And so that's something, I guess, on a practical level we have really wow. understood wow. and it just goes back to intimacy with the father it goes yeah. back to intimacy with the lord and so yes. uh, i guess what was shallow and incomplete before is is now rich and full of substance mm. not that we're ever gonna reach the end of understanding the fullness because for now we see in part right, right? but we have really tasted and seen what is good mm. and so in Hosea, it says, let us push on to know him. And and it says, he will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of rains in early spring. And so it's just, it's beautiful. He really <laughs> desires that we know him mm. more and more. And we have that opportunity each and every day that we wake up to sit with him and to, to live moment to moment with him. And that is... The beauty of what I see happening in your life over and over and over and over again. It's you sitting with him. I mean, I can't tell you how many times Tracy says, when I was sitting with the Lord and this is what he spoke, like you just hear his voice because you sit with him and you give space. And it's really beautiful to see an experience and a walk with you and be able to just soak in the beauty of what God shares with you. And so thank you you for today. This has been pure joy and delight. Thank you for sharing. It is it is huge. I know it will bless those who are listening so, so much. And speaking of the knowing, I would love, love, love to have you on again um, next week and talk more about truly the knowing that we have with Jesus and then the knowing that we can truly experience with our husband's that does reflect that knowing we have with Jesus. So, yes. So, yay. Will you join me again here so we can have this conversation, Absolutely. continue this conversation? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today. And we will just really look forward to having you join us again next week. I know that you will, you'll be blessed as Tracy continues to share with us. So thank you. And until next time. Together, let's learn to love fearlessly.